If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode, are you ready for this? 100 of Confessions of a Marketer. We're all about clients. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Lindsay Patterson, Chief Client Officer of WPP, is in to talk all things client. We'll have the first part of that discussion in a moment. This is episode 100 and the first episode of the third season of Confessions of a Marketer. It's quite a milestone. I've talked to so many people and I have plans to talk to so many more in the months and years to come. I want to thank you for listening and appreciate the feedback, the guest ideas, the reviews, and of course, the downloads. It all means the world to me. 100 is a nice achievement, but we're just getting started. In the weeks ahead, we'll have Steve Randazzo on experiences, David C. Baker on building an agency, Carmen Perry on the biggest challenges for marketers, plus we'll have Rich Lyons on marketing the holidays, John McDonald on conversion, and lots more. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. Okay, on to Lindsay Patterson. I wanted Lindsay on the 100th episode because there's something fascinating going on at WPP. It's undergoing a transformation. And Lindsay, as chief client officer, is right there on the front lines with the clients. She has an interesting point of view on her role and the ongoing changes at WPP. In part one, we get a glimpse at her background, what drives her every day, and what she's hearing from clients, their confessions. It was a great chat, so let's get to it. Lindsay, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. It's great to have you here. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you, Mark. Can you give me a glimpse at your background and how you came to work at WPP? Gosh, how long have we got? (laughs) (laughs) I will be celebrating 10 years at WPP next month, so in October 2019. But I've had various roles across my time here. But I started out many years ago as a graduate at Young and Rubicum before it was owned by um, WPP. 
Um, yeah. Back in the days of full service, which I loved, actually. So full service agencies really meant that you had the creative and the media all together as one big happy family. And I think that was excellent training. So as a someone in the media department, I could pop upstairs, sit with the art director, copywriter, or the account planner, and I got a sense for how everything worked together. So I, I loved my time there. That was in London. One of my clients was then Ericsson. And this was back in the days where Ericsson and Nokia kind of ruled the uh, mobile phone airwaves, a bit like obviously Apple or Huawei or Samsung do now. So that was fascinating to go client side. And that sort of then stretched me from, you know, from advertising to much broader marketing uh, perspective and also gave me a European perspective, which was helpful. And I think it's still helpful now to have worked on that other side, to have a lot of empathy actually with how what a client has to do internally, really, to justify their marketing budget. You're not fighting, but you've always got to justify the longer-term investments, which marketing generally are, versus the short-term sales hits that we could get from promotions. So I think that was super helpful. I then came back on the... I had a brief sojourn in uh, New Zealand. That's my uh, previ- In a previous world, my partner was a rugby player, so uh, ah. for him. <laughs> uh, so the Rugby World Cup's just started, so actually I do still love rugby. And then I came back agency side and spent six years at PhD, which I, I loved, you know, working my way up and then started at Maxis, which is really the beginnings of when I moved into the WPP world. So running Maxis in the UK, which was a media agency, moving up and evolving into to be global CEO for another couple of years, then took on a Group M transformation and a WPP transformation role. And now finally, um, I think in a role that suits me most and I love, which is uh, Chief Client Officer for WPP globally. So as Chief Client Officer, what drives you every day? What's, what's your main goal when you get in every morning? That's, uh, that's a great question and one actually kind of a year into my role and a year into Mark Reed's leadership as our CEO um, that I've really been giving a lot of thought for. Um, So I think in the first year, there was lots of sort of tidying things up. You know, WPP had always had global client teams and team leaders under a previous strategy of kind of horizontality, which was a bit of a made up word, but the principle being, how do we bring to bear the different parts of WPP on behalf of our clients? I think the issue with that is that those global client leaders have been appointed sort of variously, generally out of quite traditional background because quite often, you know, leaders at our creative organizations had high level sort of account management skills and knew some of the senior clients well, um, but supported kind of variably as, as well. And, you know, I think the challenge is if you can have a strategy of horizontality, but unless you have a culture of collaboration, that doesn't really work so well. So quite a lot of tidying up actually in the first year, changing out some of our global client leaders. But now, first and foremost, under Mark's leadership, and if you look at our annual report, it's really clear that we want WPP to be the most client-centric organization in the world. And, and that's my priority. And one of the levers that we'd have for that would be having global client leaders to help be single entry point into those clients to understand the breadth of our offer Another aspect of it is working with Mark and the rest of the Exco on how we simplify and clarify our offer. So some of that is about reducing the amount of agency brands we have, um, creating uh, thought leadership and, and best practice from the highest common denominator perspective on, on areas like B2B or in-housing or healthcare, for example. So making our limitless expertise more accessible versus kind of <laughs> versus appearing to be overly complex. And you know, kind of the dream is to have global client leaders who are 
seamlessly connected into the best of WPP. And kind of adjacent to that, as I'm thinking about the role more deeply, you know, if we are truly client-centric, we should be obsessed with data on our clients. And I have the ambition of us having the biggest customer satisfaction data set for any organization broadly in, in our area so that we're using that data, using the signals of that data to inform and innovate our offer. So that's going to be quite a big focus over the next few months as well. So what do you hear from clients? You must talk to clients quite a bit. What are they maybe confessing to you and about their key challenges? This is confessions of a marketer, and we've had very few confessions up to this point. So what, what are you hearing in the confessional when you're talking to clients? Maybe you need to work on your sort of papal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think a marketer's job has never been more complex. So I think we need to be empathetic to that. I think it means people will work extraordinarily hard. I think even just keeping abreast of all the different technological developments and the attendant challenges of that is difficult. So I think the first thing I would do is kind of be empathetic about the complexity that our clients are operating in. Um, it's kind of unprecedented, I would say. And I think that's really because, you know, the Industrial Revolution, the fourth Industrial Revolution, which is, you know, what the World Economic Forum talked about, which is a technological revolution, just means we have so much data that technology has afforded us. It's kind of changed the way that we, we live, the way that we work, the way that we think and where we operate. And with that comes enormous opportunity, but also some attendant risks. So I've just come actually from a a session with kind of a closed house session with some of our senior marketeers, with some of our competitors platform owners and the ANA around transparency and really around um, data privacy. So what can we do? You know, this tension between security and privacy. So with digital and with digital advertising, what's the value exchange of giving away your data and, and in return getting media services and media products and media content? In the old days, there was a kind of a value exchange that was pretty well understood. You watch TV and you saw ads that there was a balance between those. But in a digital world, it's it's been fuzzy. And I think some people understand well what data they're giving up and why they're giving that data up. And some people don't understand and they find it creepy. I think the, the changes in, in digital and this desire for precision marketing, I mean, I think that's probably the <laughs> precision yeah. marketing at scale is what everybody says they want to do. But but there's um, that's challenging. Um, and we may have to, in the future sacrifice some of that precision in order to kind of mitigate how consumers really feel about their data being used. So I think it's, everything's quite complex. There's nuance. And actually, when you, when you talk about security and data breaches and all of those challenges, which again, a, a modern marketeer is meant to be on top of all that. And, you know, because their CEOs are aware of it and they're saying what's going on. Security is actually quite different to privacy and everyone kind of lobs it all in the same bucket. So I think being empathetic and understanding that, yes, Precision marketing at scale should be an ambition because we want our communications to be more relevant than ever and more effective than ever. But actually understanding that the trade-offs that that might um, require is, is a big thing. So precision marketing at scale, the attendant risks of, of digital advertising, everybody wants digital transformation. The challenge with that terminology or that term is digital transformation for a tech client is very different to a CPG client. And then I would say the last area that everybody is talking about and confessing. They're certainly talking about it. I don't know whether they're confessing about how far ahead <laughs> they are on is, is CX, so customer experience. 
everything's about customer experience. So every single touch point and thinking along and across those journeys, taking friction out of those journeys and being thoughtful and helpful at every opportunity are really the areas that we, we, we hear our marketeers. I would say the last thing I'm speaking a lot, I apologize, is then always ROI. You know, those yeah. tiers are under huge amounts of pressure from their boards to prove efficiency and, and effectiveness. And in turn, that kind of trickles down. So they've got tough jobs. So our job is to help them navigate through that and do it in the best way possible. Do you work on on the relationship aspect of working with your clients? Because often, in my experience, the client agency relationship can have issues and that can be complex. And in a world that is uh, complex enough, do you work on making that relationship smoother and less of a, a burden on the client and kind of seamless so that uh, it's hard to tell where WPP begins and the client ends? Uh, do, you, do you work on that as, as uh, trying to improve the customer experience? I mean, definitely. I, I would hate, <laughs> I'm picking up on that word, I would hate for us to be thought of as a burden. So our job should be to, to help our clients in every possible way. You know, we're absolutely focused on the, the needs of them. And, and the question we ask ourselves every day is what's in the best interest of the client? So that's the only question we should be able to answer internally. And then that's what all our lens and all our effort should be focused on. So that's the role of a global client leader. And we have over 50 of them at WPP is to absolutely be that entry point, to be on the client side, to be empathetic, to listen hard. And I think that's, part of new WPP, you know, I think we've really done well when, we, when we've asked clients for feedback, they, they really think we are much more open and that we are listening to them more. I think there was a danger at one stage where we used to tell um, <laughs> them too much what they should do. And actually, you know, most of our clients want to be listened to. They want to talk things through. They want to co-create the answers with us. And we're having, you know, many, many more conversations. And I have to say, Mark, Reed, you know, our CEO is fantastic at listening to clients. Whenever he's traveling to any city around the world, he will always say, right, who can I go and see? How can I go and engage with clients? Who do I, who should I go and talk to? Um, we just had our client, lead, uh, sorry, our um, global strategy conference last week here in Brooklyn. And um, we had three different clients come and speak to us, one from Ford, one from Walmart, and from Google. Absolutely fascinating examples of, of us listening and learning from clients as well. So uh, we, we want to be the opposite of, of a burden, our, our, you know, and, and I think the global client leaders are a good entry point into that. Yeah, that, that, it's it's interesting that it's a, it's a dynamic relationship, right? It's not just one thing throughout the, the length of the tenure that you have with a client. It can change and their needs change and you have to kind of adjust with that. Absolutely. So, you know, we have made actually... 19 changes. Um, I say between you and I, but that's ridiculous. It's a podcast. Um, but we have made 19 changes to our global client leaders in the last year because sometimes we need a different perspective. We need to change things up. We need leaders that will reflect the new ambition of WPP to be a creative transformation company that is client-centric, that live our values. You know, for the first time at WPP level, we have three values that we all aspire to embody, which is to be open optimistic and extraordinary. And, and I'm not saying that every single day, every single person at WP is open, uh, optimistic and extraordinary, but when we're at our best, that's what we want to do. And I think coming back to your point, Mark, I think that first value of being open is really important because, you know, WPP 
is much more open to collaboration, is much more open to partnerships. And you don't have to have, it's, it, it's really untenable to think that any client would give all of their business to WPP. So we have to make sure that we're open to collaborating, to co-creating and yeah. working with multiple partners. And, you know, that, that require tech partnerships, media partnerships, actually connecting our clients to each other is a value add that WPP can bring. We have so many fantastic clients. Actually, what we realized we, we had for the first time a WPP beach at Cannes, or the advertising festival. First time we kind of shown up as a group, incredibly successful, great content across the five days. We had just under a thousand clients that came to that beach and in for various different sessions. And, and actually, <laughs> some of them said on the Thursday we had a wrap up dinner that they, actually they really just liked. Obviously, they love talking to us, but they also really valued talking to each other. Yeah, you kind of create a community in that way. Exactly, yeah. Because, you know, everyone's a human. Everybody wants to create a community and having a peer-to-peer community, us having the confidence, actually, to say, yeah, you know, let's have Kimberly Clark going talk to BP. Why not? You know, they had a fascinating conversation. All right, next time, Lindsay is back and we talk about what it's like managing such a vast organization, the transformation of WPP, and the advice she gives to clients on working with an agency. So stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer is written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.